Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. Hey, it's a really great time in the life of our church. Uh, we were talking about, we had our, our vision, I guess time, because it was a vision Sunday, Pastor Josh shared around that, and then we're starting to unpack different pieces of it. And I love, uh, probably one of the most challenging charges to all of us this year in that vision, as a church, as a local uh, congregation, a local body of believers here, about that vision of cultivating these perspectives in our life which are very healthy and very scriptural, but maybe some things that we've neglected. And their perspectives about discipleship and about membership and about eldership and actually having a bigger vision for your life uh, to align that with the way God sees you rather than just having a great time, uh, rather than God just being a genie just to bring you some candy and some good times. It's actually having a, this amazing, courageous life, which is going to be a blessing to other people. And so I'd love us just to, um, and we talked about uh, the, that, the, I guess those, they're interrelated and they kind of cascade into each other. Um, and you can't have one, in a sense, completely without the other about being a follower of Christ, a disciple of Christ personally, and then allowing that to uh, have your beliefs exercised in a community of other people, and then also with a vision, a, a, a parental father's heart about looking, uh, again, as an overseer, uh, watching out for the other people as well, and having a longer-range perspective, not just caring about yourself, but also uh, seeing through what some of these scriptures and what some of our beliefs will actually end up as, a, as an end goal uh, you know, for other people's lives. And so we opened up last week. So t- today we're going to be talking a little bit about our, our shared faith together. And I'm just going to call this together. And we're going to start in Acts 20. And Pastor Josh uh, op- shared with this scripture last week, which I just think is dripping with, well, for me, a lot of challenge. <laughs> Acts 20 verse 28 says this, therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. And this is where we, what I was just explaining, where we're getting that from. It's not just an idea. It's actually from scripture there which says to start with, to therefore take heed to yourselves, which is that discipleship, as in you and God, how are you, what's, what are you doing? How are you believing? What do you, what do you think? Uh, how do you live? And that's a great place, but it doesn't just, who knows, life doesn't just live in a, in a vacuum all by yourself. It says, therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Again, looking out for the well-being of others as well. To shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And again, reminding us all that God's people, God's church was, is not a flippant thing. It's not just a cute thing. It's not just a brand. You know what I mean? It's not just, I don't know, I guess a way of organizing people, but it's actually what Jesus paid for with his own blood. And who knows that if someone 
Someone won 10 cars in the lottery that they let you, and then they're like, let's drive around and cruise around and, you know, like burn around on all these cool cars I just won. Who knows that there's a lot of fun, but there's not a lot of responsibility. But if you know that someone said, hey, mate, I've worked 10 years to, and I finally bought this dream car. I've worked on weekends for it, got all the extra parts. It's all tricked up. And I tell you what, hey, do you want to have a go? You're like, yes, but also the gravity of what that cost your friend makes you be a little bit more sincere about how you treat it. You want to have fun? Absolutely. You know, put the top down, your convertible down or whatever, the car's top. Um, and, but at the same time, there are reasonable tolerances within that before you don't want it to cost you friendship. You know what I mean? You can put the whatever, put the gas out and have a little bit of fun with it. But because of what it costs your friend, you're not going to be flippant about it. And so we see here in this scripture, these, the interplay, the brilliant dance between all these perspectives in life, which this year as a church, which church we're going to be walking out, the health of that. And is there tension between them? Absolutely. Uh, are we going to err and miss and all that on sides? Yes, categorically. Um, you surely have. I know I have. Uh, but, but in the stretching towards these ideals, I think there's a lot of health for us. And I actually believe that there's keys in it. Some of you are being, I mean, I'm following God and I'm sincere in my pursuit of Jesus. But I feel like nothing is working. Maybe. Because there's more steps, maybe it's time to extend beyond just your personal discipleship. And maybe it's time to do something for others. And you're like, well, I'm, I'm ready, but no one's asked me. You're like, well, that's where we're going to talk about today, about together, about membership, about we are actually members of one another in the body of Christ, not just for convenience sake, but hey, who knows that sometimes when, when there's a friendship, when it costs you something, it actually doesn't cheapen it and it doesn't detract from it, it actually enhances it and makes it more valuable. I'm not waiting for all my mates to never need me for anything. I'm actually waiting, you know, if there's a real need, not just someone who's leeching off me all the time, but if there's a mate and he really needs something, it, there's a, you rise to it and there's a joy in it. You know what I mean? If you've got a, if you've got a ute, then you, you've got a lot of fair weather friends that definitely your mates on Saturdays. Hey, bro, come over. I'll shout lunch. Oh, by the way, bring your ute. We've got to move house. You're happy to do that once a year, but not every weekend for them. You know what I'm saying? Acts 20, 28, therefore take heed to yourselves and to the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Take heed to yourself, take heed to the flock, and also take heed to shepherd or oversee also, not just directly to people, but also overseeing where, as a group, where is this going? To safeguard and to empower. And these three perspectives on discipleship how does your personal devotion pursue God in relationship? Membership, how does your life commit to others? We don't just happen to bump into each other at the same cafe, but there's a commitment factor. Who knows, in life when I was young, I was happy just to have a brilliant social life and hang out with everyone, but I got time where I'm like, I actually want to commit to someone. And there's an instinct in us God's made us this way, to commit to each other. 
Who knows? You know, there was a, a little blip in society, and I'm talking about uh, secular society where they're like, oh, marriage isn't that bad. Mar- marriage is important. No, it's not. No, no. You can just do whatever you want. You can just live together. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not. It's just a piece of paper. But it, but it couldn't last there. And then it swung and then everyone's like, it's ultimately important. And everyone should be able to make a guy because th- there's something in our heart that we want to commit to it. They're just, we want to commit. We want to cover it. We want to, you know, and then without God, then you just want to commit to everything. They want to be able to marry anything. Marry a tree. Marry their pet. Change, you know what I mean? Why? Because it's just something in you. Just got, we're designed to actually courageously commit. Like I said about friends. You know, there's friends that stick closer than a brother. There's, in life, we're designed to take on responsibility. Not as, you know, being penalised for something we've done wrong. But actually the joy of drawing the best out of you. And that's where we're talking about membership as in how, do our, how does your life commit to others? And then also heading into eldership, how do you watch out for others' souls? Not just for your own betterment, but actually for others' sake. The scriptures in community. Who knows, we're all legendary theologians in our own lounge room. You know what I mean? Why? Your perspective is right. My perspective is right. If I thought it was wrong, I would change it so I'm right again. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like none of us actively hold on to something that we don't think is right because we all think we're right. But what we need to do is keep extending ourselves, and this is the power of the Scriptures in community. It's the power of your faith in community. It's the power of what God wants to do here in Noosa amongst us, beyond us, with us, hopefully, but not just individually by us. I, I could ask you what you've got. Have you got a vision for your own life? You'd probably say, yes, it's going to be some version of healthy, wealthy and wise. You know what I mean? Rich, maybe famous. I don't know. Something like that. That's great. Nothing wrong. But does any of, do you have a vision for Noosa for the next 50 years? Do you have a vision for this church over the next 50 years? So that perspective gives you a little bit longer range rather than just making enough money and whatever it be, a better car, a couple of investment properties, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's all fine. But is there, does your faith have vision for the town that you live in? Because that's part of being a member. We are members one of another. There's a great quote. Um, they call it the man in the arena or citizenship in the republic. And I just want to share it because this is where the rubber reaches the road with our faith. We can, we can, we can uh, be a great disciple, but it's really tested when we start committing to each other through the tensions and through the misunderstandings and through the joys as well. You know what I mean? Something happens great here at the church, we all take that as a badge. Yeah, well, you know, our church did that. Um, you know, maybe or whatever. Or if it's something bad happens, you're like, ee, oh, you know, I, I go there sometimes. <laughs> but there's, a, there's a, a power, a camaraderie in when we live this out together. And it's like the family. You know how like the children have a lot of criticisms about your parental guidance? Why can't we have ice cream for breakfast? 
Mum and Dad, why can't we go on the holiday that we want? Whatever it is. But when you're in the arena, when dinner you just didn't turn up to, when dinner cost you something, you had to go and pay work to get the money to then go to shopping to buy the food, to then come home to prep the food, to cook the food, for someone to have an opinion on the food, to then clean up afterwards. Everyone, who knows that when you're invested like that, when you're in the arena of dinner... <laughs> The opinions of others hold a slightly different weight. And it's the same with our common faith together as members one of another. When we're not sitting in the cheap seats of faith in the grandstands, but when it's costing us time, uh, inconvenience, hurt, misunderstanding, years, decades. This, this week is actually the 21st anniversary of one of our great pillars here at the church is passing Keith Kensler. Cynthia are you here this morning? Cynthia can you stand up please? Can we just honour this wonderful woman? So good. He was a pillar here. I remember I was part of you know King's Commandos and things. I know Lisa and others are here that uh, the legacy of that family and imagine that if all of us just led our lives in ways that uh, not, not, doesn't have to be necessarily defined, but as pillars of faith here in Noosa, that others, I just, you know, imagine your family just thinking, if someone has more time with them, they're going to be better off. Is that the kind of sentiment that you'd like? Not, that's the sentiment I'd like. If people are, I don't, I don't even know why, but I just know if I get someone around Christian a bit more, he's going to be better off. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. But imagine that being our reputation between each other and amongst each other and then in the community. Imagine people going, man, I don't know, I don't believe in God, but I tell you what, the five families that I know that do, that are Jesus followers, I just know if I get my kids around them, they're going to be better off. The man in the arena, it's not the critic who counts nor the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, who, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error or sh- and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. I want you to get into the arena today. I want your vision for your life this year, not to have an opinion, but to have an involvement. Not to have, well, how do you become a member of this church? That's, I'm not going to go there today. That's, that's something for... Pastor Josh and Kristen to uh, define. But if you ask them, I'm sure they'll tell you something to do. But I wonder if, if, if you are part of the commonality of faith here in Noosa. One Timothy four says this: Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith. In purity, till I come, give attention to reading and to exhortation and to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. 
Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to your doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. A lot of us have started well, but maybe not as many that finish well. And it's not, not through bad intentions, it's not that we're not sincere, but I can't look out for myself with every angle. As much as I can adore myself in the mirror, as much as I can put a bunch of them around, there's always going to be blind spots. And maturity is actually welcoming perspective into your life. Do you know the best in the world still have coaches? You know what I mean? And whether they're a whatever, rock star, still have a vocal coach. Whether they're a sporting star, they still have coaches. And yet often I find that for us in faith, we start to know a couple of things and then we think we need less (laughs) counsel, less uh, even just, just camaraderie in the faith together. And so there's a power when we come together to keep going rather than isolating ourselves. I would encourage you to start nourishing a vision for Noosa for the next 50 years and maybe your involvement in it for the next 50 years. I mean, why not? If a despot like Hitler can envision his thousand-year Reich, you know what I mean, like have an actual picture for the future, should we not, as Bible-believing Christians, start to nourish? doesn't mean massive buildings, but, man, what's the tone out there? Is it one of forgiveness? Is there one of blessing? If someone moves to town and, and they are destitute, man, do the believers gather around them and just start blessing them and loving on them? And let's, what do you need? Some food, some clothes, some petrol. What do you need? You know, whatever, whatever else that it is. I think that's, a, that's an amazing... Imagine people coming here and finding God or being discouraged and coming here again and amongst the believers being encouraged in God and finding destiny. We can't do that by ourselves. No individual can. That's not about some megalomaniac leader. That's actually about us as believers going, Lord, what do you want for around here? What's your vision? And capturing that up for us. And that's part of being a member, one of another. 1 Corinthians 12 says this. I'm going to go through a little bit of scripture today. I'm not talking about just being a member of a church organization. It, it, it manifests that way as partly it. Beyond just, well, I'm just part of the body of Christ, but no one can tell me what to do. Because <laughs> that doesn't, that has no greater vision for Noosa. That has no greater vision for your life. I don't want to be my own, my own leader. That doesn't lead anywhere good. 1 Corinthians 12 says this, For as the body is one and has many members... But all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, 
where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honourable, on these we bestow greater honour, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honour to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honoured, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. You cannot be a member when you're the only one. Do you, do you know, like, I know at law you can have, like, single director companies and it's a different entity than you, and it, but it's you and you're the only guy and it's you, but then you've got this other legal entity personality and all that kind of stuff at law, whatever, but it doesn't, in the body of Christ, if I say, I'm the only member, but it's open to everyone, it kind of doesn't work. And that's where I think for us as a, as a congregation of believers, I am one of the members. I'm, and isn't it interesting in there that the scriptures are saying, the parts that don't need honour get some honour, but the parts that don't, like they're the most important. Who knows? You think the skin layer is important especially the young people. But who knows, as you continue to grow, the, 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 the uncomely parts, the parts that nobody sees are super important. Your heart, your lungs, your spleen, all the other machinery in there that no one sees. Who knows, over time, I mean, you can fix the skin layer up with some makeup or some dark lighting, <laughs> but if you've got some... If you've got some troubles on the uncomely parts, then you can really become unglued. And so actually, you know, I mean, they can fix out here. Not that anyone needs fixing out on that surface layer. But I'm just saying in the body, and it's the same with the body of Christ, you are vital. You're sitting there thinking, that doesn't matter. Why why should I get involved? You're vital. (laughs) We need your perspective. We need your heart. We need your faith. We need your colour. We definitely need your face rather than these rubbish mug shots to put on the church website. You know what I mean? <laughs> we need yours out there. Uh, there's so many. But how do you become a member of the body of Christ? Obviously, receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, walking in that discipleship. And if you haven't and you go, man, I know I'm disconnected with God. I need to receive Jesus. I need his peace in my heart. I recognise that I'm a sinner. I recognise that I, I don't have that peace that passes all understanding. Then we can pray with you. We'd love to welcome you into the body of Christ, welcome you as a son or daughter of God, a child of the living God. We can pray. For, but then after that, there's, there's, there's behaviours. Who knows that in a family there's behaviours. If you've got a beef with something, you don't just go, oh, where's Johnny? He's eight years old. I don't know. He didn't like something, so we never saw him again. <laughs> that would be classed as immature. Um, not that he can't have a grievance, he can have a huge grievance. 
But there's ways to air that. And if we're going to be members of the body of Christ, members of one another, it doesn't mean that we don't address things. It doesn't mean that things don't come up. But it means there's a commitment to each other that I'm going to commit to the tension. We can have a great conversation about stuff and it's not like, I'm not saying or, or else. <laughs> you know what I mean? If anything you build, it needs commitment. And, it's, and, the, and this isn't some crazy, arduous you know, domineering, onerous thing. I mean, people are rushing to commit in every form of life. Gang membership, mate, you've got to kill someone. All right, I'm up for it. People want to belong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Young guys are desperately trying to marry young girls. Why? To commit to something. Because before she knows, she could get something a lot better. I mean, that's how it works, doesn't it? You know what I mean? So there's commitment everywhere. You want the car and you can't afford it, you commit to 50 monthly payments. <laughs> Convincing yourself that you think you can, pay, you can afford the monthly payment. Why? You want to commit to something. <laughs> the life that you want. And so for us as believers, as believers in the body of Christ, let's commit to one another. It doesn't... And some of you, your, your brain's going, what does this mean? Are we going to have coupon cards? No. It's not a commercialization. That's how a company tries to get your money to say that your loyalty, your 17th coffee's free... You know what I mean? It's not coupon cards. It's not commercialism. This is a heart commitment to say, hey, uh, I'm in this. I'm in the trenches, boots and all. Knowing that we can't get it all without God's help. Knowing we need to commit to each other in faith. Knowing that we, need to, we can't achieve God's vision uh, or, or much at all without his help and his grace on a daily basis. But imagine just saying, hey, Michael, I commit to you for your well-being for the well-being of your family, to encourage you in the faith so that your faith isn't shipwrecked, so that in 5, 10, 20 years, I'm going to look out for you and your family and you still, I still respect you as a person, you still have every right to make the decisions in your own life, but I'm not going to be negligent to declare to you the whole counsel of God. I'm going to pray for you. If I start to see something that I, I think is maybe not in your best interest, I'm going to go, hey, mate, I implore you. Notice that we start to hear this kind of scriptural language. You know what I mean? It's like I, where Paul has often come out. He's like, I've forgotten you in the, in the gospel. I implore you, be reconciled to God. And this is a really delicate, interesting, and fruitful way to live life. And I want to encourage you. Put courage into you today. Live a committed life. We talk about you committed your life to Jesus the next step, committing to other people in a stronger way. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, exclude the changes in life. It doesn't mean you're committing, you have to live in Noosa the rest of your life or have to fellowship here, but as in, I'm committing to that communication. Like in a family, there's ways to address things. Like in a church, there's ways to address things. It's in love, it's in forgiveness, it's in faith, <laughs> and it's also in truth. Ephesians 4 talks about speaking the truth in love, you may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causing growth in the body for the edifying of itself in love. How good is that? Speaking the truth in love, we grow up. We're not talking about avoiding things. Uh, we're not talking about... Uh, service attendance 
I want to be part of this church. I check in, I check out, I come whenever I want, it doesn't really matter. I'm talking about, wow, committing to each other, speaking the truth in love. All these amazing godly perspectives together are going to give us a much healthier, much more robust, bigger vision picture of what God wants to do here in Noosa. Amen? (laughs) And we are asking for that from you. Your godly vision, your godly perspective, your godly input as members one of another in the body of Christ. In, verse, in Ephesians 4, verse 25, it says, Therefore, put away all, putting away all lying, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbour, for we are members one of another. Imagine that consideration in life. Rather than, well, I'm doing well, doesn't matter, nothing else matters. To actually, wow, I, I'm actually going to find out what are the needs in community. What are the needs in the church? (laughs) I'm going to communicate. There can be some really powerful breakthroughs that way. You might be saying, well, I know I'm a part of the body of Christ and I'm feeling pretty fresh. I don't know why all you guys are a bit tired. You know what I mean? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, maybe you're really fresh because you're a spare part. You're perfectly designed and engineered and machined and you're going to produce some brilliant power and you're going to assist a lot of people and you're perfectly polished and wondering why everyone else is discouraged and tired and whingy and maybe because you've been sitting on the shelf and it's like it's time to get in the game like the, the man in the arena. It's time to, you know, there's always erring. His face is marred with blood and sweat and, and who knows the great triumphs? Who knows that when we do something together, it might be great, but also you're aware of the efforts, you're aware of the cost, you're also aware of the joys when something great happens to it. You know what I'm saying? And if you're functionally, you could be a spare part alive and you're ready to fit into everything else. But I remember I seeing a, a meme once and it said, it's easy to stay sharp when you've never been of any use. And the goal of life is not to be polished. The goal of life is to be of use to God's kingdom, to society, to each other, to your family. You know what I mean? I see some of you guys, you've got a few scars. They're the best part about you. (laughs) The best part about you are your stories of, of skinning the knees, of even failure and defeat. And we can offer that as our sacrifice to the Lord and offer it as our sacrifice to each other. You may have felt you're a failure, but I tell you what, you have the richest lessons to help all of us. Don't let the trials of life be done in vain. Don't hide them thinking that that's your shame. Let them be transformational for the rest of us to help us save a decade, to help us save 200 grand on that decision, to help us save a family, to help us save our own purity. Please, I implore you that I think together something amazing can happen and it can be to God's glory. I tell you what, Jesus, like we said in Acts 20, 28, the church of God, which he bought with his own blood, your life, you're buying with your own blood. Everything you're working towards for your family and for yourself and for community, it's going to cost you your very blood. Maybe not in a moment, maybe over 80 or 100 years. But finally, 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 when you do expire, it's what you've traded your life for. 
You've given your life for whatever that cause is. And I want to encourage you today to commit. Commit to God. Commit to each other. Members one of another. Allow those hurts to minister to others. Um, Allow those victories that you're in. Allow supply to happen to other people. And in the midst of this, God is going to get the glory. In the midst of your life, which maybe you feel is really ordinary at times, people will be praising Jesus and going, I need to know him like you know him all around your life. You close your eyes this morning. We're going to pray and receive communion. Father God, I thank you so much. God, there are heroes in the room. Lord, there are pillars here of the Noosa Shire, of the whole environment. Lord, and even people visiting, God, that you've called to be pillars for you, for your kingdom in the town that they live in. Father God, we thank you that we, we can commit to each other. Lord, you've given us, you've honoured us with this, this, our personal, our will. We can make choices. And Lord, we thank you that, Lord, we're not trying to get out of the body of Christ. Lord, we're trying to get in. Lord, deeper and thicker and more powerfully. And so, Lord, today we thank you that you have purchased each one of us with your precious blood. And we are mindful of that today. Lord, help us to channel our sacrifice, our commitment and our life in your direction and for others' benefit today as well. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.